0: in the mid 1980s in the mid 1980s a Maori poll found the people that the great british public trusted most were ministers and vicars and priests trust was vested in clerics by 85% of the population and that was higher than doctors or nurses or teachers or engineers or university professors. Those occupations are now the top five. And the number who trust in those of us that stand at the front of a church and preach or administered the sacraments has fallen to 65. I would suggest that this is due to a combination of issues. One is the discovery that some clergy had abused their position of trust. They had done things that are not appropriate. And others had then covered that up. But another reason, and perhaps a greater reason, for that decline in trust is associated with that national decline in church attendance. Which means there's less interaction. People are less likely to know somebody who is a feature. And we don't trust those folk that we don't know. The passage today, though, is not about trusting humans, it's not about trusting people. It's about whether we trust God. And how that causes us to respond as people. Do we trust God? As Jesus calls on the people to trust he points out the nature of who God is. Who is our Heavenly Father? Is He someone to trust? Yes, because He loves unconditionally and He shows that love with His action. God is said to feed the bird. It's not that the Heavenly Father is particularly an ornithologist. Though he does know all the different birds. God loves and cares for the whole world. And we know this ourselves through the gift of Jesus. But we see it throughout the Old Testament too. We don't have to wait for the Gospels. It's there right at the beginning, at the beginning of the Bible. In the account of the Garden of Eden, we see Adam is made to delight God through stewardship of the Garden. In Genesis 2:15, Adam is placed in the garden and told to work it and to take care of it. He's not taking care of it as hard labor or punishment, but because God loves the world and wants it to serve his purpose. And he loves us and wants us to serve his purpose A few chapters in Genesis later when fallen nature of humanity leads to the flood God instructs Noah not just to save a handful of species but to save examples of the clean animals and the unclean animals. Whatever we think of worms and insects, of snakes and lizards, of mice and rats, God cares for them all. He cares for all people too. Towards the end of Genesis. He calls Abraham's children to live in a set apart way. Not to live in isolation. They were to be an example to all other people of how to live in relationship with God. People were to see them. The nations were to see them And desire that relationship for themselves. God has demonstrated from the beginning. Care and love for all. Care in the garden. Care for the animals. Care for all people. In return. He wants all to know. To trust. And to honour him. Because of his love, God provides what is needed. The bird has food. I'd like you to think about how he comes by that food. We might look into our gardens and see the feeder and we'll go and we'll top up the feeder and and think that's it. But it's not that simple, is it? The bird still has to fly. It has to spot the feeder or remember where it was earlier. The bird has to swoop in. We have provided the food, but the bird still has action to gain that food. And of course, in the first century, there probably weren't that many people going out and filling up a plastic bird feeder with the seed that they'd bought from Paul's next door. They might put a bit of seed out if they want to catch a bird for their dinner but that's maybe a different matter. But God provided food for the bird but yet the bird had to source it from the field or the hedgerow or the sea. And this is true throughout nature. God provides zebra for the lion who has to chase it across the savannah. God provides fish for the seal that has to swim before it gets its tea. God provides seal for the polar bear who will have to patiently wait lying on the ice near the hole waiting hour after hour for that animal to appear God provides it is there but there's work to be done God provides for our food too And like the birds and the animals, we have to work for it. He doesn't dish it straight out onto our plates, yet he provides. And as I say in my letter in Good News this month, God provides for all. The righteous and the unrighteous get the blessing of rain. God is love. He brings forth what is needed. Having made the earth in species Goldilocks, so not too hot and not too cold, just right for the life that we see, including us, He then gives us a special place. And Jesus speaks of this in the passage. Look at the bird of the air and think of what God thinks of that bird. And then look at yourselves. God loves you. He cares for you even more than that bird. And this is not a new concept for the first century. David the psalmist speaks of how God made humankind just a little lower than the angels. God cares for us and gives us a place in creation. And the psalmist goes on to talk of what that place is. Wise stewardship. Looking after everything in our care and doing God's work. And in this, in all of this, we are not to worry. We might look at those numbers That we put up on the screen and go, we can't manage that. But God provides what is needed. And Jesus tells us in the passage not to worry, do not be afraid. It's there. There is work to do. If we are faithful people. We need not worry. About anything. Because God has already given us. What we need. Not necessarily what we want. But God gives us what we need. Jesus. In him our brokenness and our poverty is made whole. That does not mean it is made easy. The bird still has to flap its wings to be in the air and that uses a lot of energy. We're told that the beautiful lily will in time be mowed and thrown away in the clippings into a fire. But they have brought delight to God, the bird and the flower, by being what God intended them to be. Are we who God intends us to be? God's people in spirit and in truth, in word and in action. If we are, we should not be afraid of whatever life throws at us. Among us, there will be individuals in pain and discomfort. There are those whose health prevents them being here in person. They might be listening to a CD of this in a week or so's time. They might be listening online to the streaming just now. There are those that we know who may have okay health, but there are other issues weighing them down. Maybe it's the decisions that they have to take about the way ahead. Maybe it's their own personal finances being in a tricky place. In Christ, there is always hope. Hope. Do not be afraid. He lifts the burden of the worry. And He carries it with the cross. We might have worries about the future. As we think of our nation in three weeks' time, Brexit may or may not happen. We're still in that fogginess, aren't we? Everything should be sorted. We should know the way ahead. But we don't. But we need not be anxious about tomorrow. Instead, we trust that we will be God's people, loving our neighbours, sharing the gospel, sometimes even using words when we do that as St Francis once hinted at nor should we worry about the church's financial situation it's not something to be anxious about we must trust in God but we must also act in God's service The bird is not fed without looking for what God has provided. The accounts will not suddenly be in the black without us doing something about it. If we want to continue to have a youth pastor, then as each of us are able, we have to consider what is right. We've heard. And it's been written that it's about £20 a month each. There's some that can't afford that. But there will be others that can afford more. If we want this fellowship to be meeting here in two years' time, then likewise we must act. It's as blunt as that, isn't it? it's not just about the money it's about how we live our life how we commit to being in mission a missional church that doesn't just gather on a sunday and let that be it but lives the life scattered out in community the rest of the week. In each of our own positions of life, are we faithful to God in how we live? It is right to praise God, it is right to be thankful for what we have. But as we do that, we remember what those riches are. The riches of the earth that allow us to eat food and wear clothes, to drive cars and travel on holiday, and everything else that we do in life. Those riches come forth from God. He has provided to us We must honour him with more than words. We must be his people and engage in mission. Amen. We've got to have a time of reflection time of honouring God with our words and also words that are sung as well as what we pray.